This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 106. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll be talking about steamer projections for 2019 and what they think of the Indians and some, some weird things we found in, within that. Uh, we'll talk about, I don't know, transactions maybe that aren't happening at all, ever, anywhere in baseball, and of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I got feeling back in my left hand from playing video games too much, so things are looking up for me in the new year. I thought the hand was from cutting it off from a carrot. No, that's a different hand. That's my right hand. I cut the tip off a finger. No, I lost feeling in my left hand for like three weeks. <laughs> Wait, what? It's really? Normal. It's normal. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, played, I played too much Red Dead Redemption. I lost feeling in my hand for a while there. Is that what the redemption is? Your hand, uh, the redemption is my hand coming back to be normal again. Yeah, or something. <laughs> you can't, you can't be still playing that game. Nobody's playing Red Dead Redemption anymore. What's the, what's the new hotness these days? Fortnite still? <laughs> I don't know. I've Hot been playing Zelda video. Breath of the Wild like a hip, up to date gamer. It's really good. I played the new Mario Kart recently, and it whips ass. It is I really good. The shit out of it. I have that one too. It was very good. I play it with my kids, and I have to take a minute head start, so I just sit for a whole minute on my phone, and then I just destroy them every race. It's a great time. Dude, they're so little kids are so bad at video games. <laughs> anyway, um, nothing's happening in baseball right now. If you haven't noticed, that's why we're playing Red Dead Redemption and also two year old video games. Um, but we can also sort of start to look ahead to 2019, I guess, a little bit. Um, I would, I would think, or at least hope, we're not the Indians are not finalized yet. It's only January 21st, and it's also one of the slowest off seasons ever. So, in theory, they have more time to do any. They had more time to do more things, um, but of course, steamer projections are out for the roster as it is. And there's kind of kind of some weird things in there. I went through and just sort of made a nice little sortable table so we can find out like where the Indians rank and everything. And I'm sure I'll make it into a post at some point. But um, just some little things I noticed. They're the only team with two position players worth five plus five or more WAR, which of course is Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. No other team, um, Steamer is really conservative. It's it's known for that. No other team is really even close to what they're, to, to having two. I think there's one that have a bunch, but Lindor and Ramirez are special. Um, and of course the outfield is atrocious. Um, and Carlos Santana and Jake Bowers are both projected to be first basemen. Obviously one will DH eventually, but it's it's kind of worth noting that um, Edwin Encarnacion, who's getting paid a whole lot more than Jake Bowers is projected to be worth 1.3 wins compared to Jake Bowers worth 1.1, which is basically a rounding error for war. So if the Indians wanted to save money just by, by getting rid of Encarnacion and bringing in Bowers, they're probably going to do that pretty effectively. But uh, yeah, what do you think of, have you looked ahead to steamer projections at all? Or are you just still wallowing and hoping that the Indians do any kind of transaction before spring training? Oh yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, when they, um, they released uh, those are the zips projections, that's right. Um, um, I've looked, I've read around on them a little bit. I, I don't know. Like you said, they're always conservative, so I, I, I have a hard time putting too much credence in them because I mean, if you if they're if they're always known to be so conservative and they're so consistently conservative, how much am I? How am I supposed to trust them that much? Really, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think it's the same thing as like um, when people complain about the forty yard dash. Like, you don't run that fast when you're on the field. Well, obviously, but. If somebody's this fast without pads, they're probably also this much faster than other people with pads. I don't know. So I guess it's going to sort of the same thing with with Steamer. If they're if they're really good compared to other people, they might be that much better when the actual stats start happening. I don't know. I mean, and and, and oh, I get that. Obviously, you know, it's like they'll 
they're going to I mean, if they're good, yes, like you said, their, their projections are just something like it's a creating a baseline. I suppose maybe that's the way, the best way I should probably try and look at it. Is this is them creating a baseline for the player, and then everything after that is you know, um, good. I suppose it's weird though because it's it's hard to look at the at them and then like. Just because, for instance, a player like Jose Ramirez, who has had in three consecutive years three decidedly different types of year, basically, you know, like he had, he was um, Michael Brantley, and then he was uh, in twenty seventeen, he was more like a. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison to what what he became, but yeah, you know, he, he had like twenty nine home runs, so he, he he turned into like, I don't know. Uh, I have nothing. Nothing's coming to mind. But then he, <laughs> this past year, he had a, a legit, like, superstar, power-hitting, like, God-among-men type of a year. So it's – I guess it's it's just hard to – although, really, when you look at it, his WRC Plus was exactly the same the last two years. So it's just the way he's changed so much and the way projections themselves work um, by taking, you know, the last couple of years and weighting them slightly differently. But, you know, taking all – it's it's hard to, for me to look at what they project him to do this upcoming year and, like – put a lot of credence into it i guess Does that makes sense i don't yeah. know yeah yeah it's hard to to really care too much but i guess when nothing else is happening it's it's all we've got <laughs> no i don't it's not to say i don't care it's just that like some players obviously it's it's there's there's i see more in it than with others you know like i see carlos santana's projection i go yeah that sounds about right you know at 20 home runs 819 ops like i mean that's probably what he's going to be and obviously it's probably and it's more useful with long, with uh, guys with a longer track record. Who knows what Jake Bowers will be? I don't know. You don't know. None of us know. Uh, I think he'll be better than what this is telling us. But, hey, we'll see, I guess. So, Do you think it's right in yeah. thinking that Encarnacion is going to be either pretty close or maybe just slightly better than Bowers? Because that, that makes that whole transaction look really smart for the Indians if that happens. Because, I mean, he's been consistent for so long, but if that suddenly stops and the Indians dumped him at just the right time, that is like a... A brilliant move at that point. Well, because what he's thirty-five or thirty-six now, I think. Yeah, and he really wasn't all that good this past year. I mean, he he had the typical slow start, and then was, and then he, like from June on, you know, he was like a twenty-five percent better than average, that kind of a thing. He was a, a good player, but he wasn't as good as that position you'd hope it to be, I suppose. And he's getting to that age, obviously, where, where things start trending down. I don't think he's going to have as good of a year. This upcoming year, not only because of the age, but also because he's going to Seattle, which, I mean, I know he doesn't hit a lot of cheap home runs. Um, when he when he gets when he gets into one, it goes a far distance, but he still pr- probably will lose a couple dingers there between that and the outfield. And just the way, you know, just how athletic a lot of the other offenses are out there, plus the, the, a lot of the stadiums out there in the uh, in, in the AL West are very large and, you know, good pitchers parks too anyway, so. Is he going to Seattle? Remember, like, when that trade happened, it was initially, like, reporting was going to the Rays immediately, and then eventually, and now it's, like, there's nothing. Are they just stuck with him? I just thought he went to Seattle. I said, oh, he's gone. And I just, yeah, it says, he's on, it says he's on Seattle. Yeah, well, I mean, he's on Seattle now, but, like, right after the trade came out, it was reported that the Rays were trying to, like, there was some, I think Bob Nightingale said it was basically already done. And then, of course, oh, like yeah. Bob Nightingale okay. wasn't already done, but... What it sounded like from the very beginning, the plan was to get him to the Rays, and then they just sort of stopped trying to get him or something, I guess. So it seems like the Mariners are almost just stuck with him because oh, yeah, they're clearly that trying okay. to just yes. rebuild, so they have no use for him. But Yeah. 
It's weird. 1.3, I mean, 238, 336, 460. Yeah, that's, that's about what I expect out of him. Um, 24 home runs, that's a sad number to look at. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it was a good trade it, just in general. I, the, the Encarnacion deal was going to be – I think everyone knew it was going to be good for one year, you know, and we saw what that year was. It was the 2017 season. And he's going to probably, you know, get worse and worse because that's what happens when you sign sluggers over thirty. You get one good and then one mediocre and then probably one bad year. So, them getting rid of it in the, in the hopes that Bowers turns into something, which I'm sure we're all on the Jake Bowers hype train these days. Oh yeah, um, I'm well on it. If they, they took one of my Yandy Diaz hype train, it's all I've got at this point, Merritt. You know, it's, it's not as nice of a train. <laughs> um, it's not a good strong diesel. It's a steam engine. It might sputter and putter a little bit, but. Still a train, man. I love trains. So, <laughs> how much are you on the hype train for Jake Bowers? I know you. I think you wrote about it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote about it a few times, and like it's, you know, young players like this are always fun. I, mean, I don't know if you remember, but it was in like Clevenger's rookie year. I wrote an article about him almost every single time he had a start. Not only did it was timing wise, it was perfect because it seemed like he started every day before I had an article to write. But also because it's interesting to watch a player grow. So I am, uh, I mean, the Indians obviously have had a, a nice couple of young prospects come up, and some have struggled and some have not. But it's always fun to see how they do do it. And and as, and as highly touted as he was by the uh, Rays front office, I don't I don't pay a lot of attention to other teams' prospects. So. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I care about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but half of that is his name. The other half, obviously, is his amazing bat the ball ability. But, like, I know that Jake Bowers is supposed to be good, so it'll be interesting to see what he turns into. So, now, yeah, I'm, I am excited to see him play because, well, it's, it's also important for the Indians that he be much better than his projections because, quite honestly, and I mentioned this in an article recently, they, they're two and a half bats right now and a bunch of, ugh, Unless something goes shockingly right with Jason Kipnis or something, I don't know. It's it's going to be an ugly year offensively if Jake Bowers doesn't turn. Which doesn't mean I expect him to turn it into Paul Goldschmidt immediately or anything like that. But but boy, that would be nice. You know, <laughs> that is now that you say it out loud. That's kind of I've got that seeping into my soul here for a minute. Actually, what did Paul Goldschmidt's rookie year look like? And can, and, and can we decide that he's going to look like that? Let's see. If he's on the Cardinals now, that's right. Let's see. Paul Goldschmidt's rookie year, 48 games, 253, 474. And then the next year, he hit 286, 359, 490 as a 24-year-old. Totally do that. Yeah, I think I can see Bowers do that. <laughs> totally. And then the year after that, he turned into MVP. We're being we're being um, conservative here. We don't want to add too much hype. He's just going to be called Paul Goldschmidt in two years. That's all. Nothing crazy. Yeah, whatever. I mean, come on. All I'm asking is that he have Paul Goldschmidt's second year, which is not far off from the projection is. I mean, obviously, it's another 75 points to his slugging percentage, but whatever, you know. <laughs> How hard can that be, really? Come on. <laughs> whatever. Pop a few diggers, you know, shoot. I mean, if we're going to look at these projections, too, we can also look at just the... Absolutely atrocious outfield. They're one of the worst in baseball. I don't want to look at that, actually. <laughs> I mean, the scariest thing about this, like, besides the fact that it's all around awful, like, this is where all the prospects oh, were at one point, and now they all look like they're nothing. Yes. Like, Tyler Naquin is a platoon yeah. bat at best. Bradley Zimmer is, good lord, whatever he is. And Greg Allen, he's not projected to be much. He hasn't hit like much. 
that's kind of scary too. That's a lot of misses the Indians have had lately. It's going to suck if Clint Frazier is the one good outfield prospect they had, but. Well, that's the thing. He, he doesn't look that great either. Like early, early on, in, like after the trade, it looked like Zimmer was, might, might be the one who actually hits, but the fact that none of them turn into anything is actually shocking to be quite honest with me. I mean, they're, they're so good at developing players and they just got nothing out of any of them. So, yeah. And it seems like they're just trying to rebuild that, that higher level of triple a outfielders with all the Mercados. They got Jordan Luplo, I guess you can count in that Daniel Johnson. They've, they seem to acknowledge that they're, they failed in developing outfielders. Now they're trying to get other developed outfielders and hoping one of them works, I guess it's a, it's an interesting way to go about it, but it's just not working so far. Remember in the late 2000s when they just had all those shitty pitchers, like the Aaron Laffeys <laughs> yes. of the world and the Jeremy Sowers, is all, you know, all those all those um, college pitchers that they drafted, and they all turned into absolutely nothing. And I don't know, may, and then maybe they made a change, and suddenly they started popping out Cy Young candidates, like it was going, you know, like, I don't know, something that pops things out a lot. <laughs> Where are you going with that, man? I'm a, I'm a good writer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Something that goes pop. Who knows? Whatever. I don't know. There's something there. There's a there's a, there's a good thing there. Uh, you should you should really format this table better. <laughs> How dare um, But I guess what I'm saying is that they've got all these highly touted prospects who ended up who are ending up being nothing. Maybe in the next th- three to five years, we're going to see them start to just shoot out Grady Sizemore's constantly. You know, so I don't know. It's it's high hoping, obviously, and like you know, it's it's hard to develop prospects no matter who you are, unless you're the. I mean, they do have some that are even lower down the system, like Will Benson, Oscar Gonzalez. Who's that other one? I think he just broke out of. Um... Is he an outfielder? Yeah, he just made it to the lower levels, like past the uh, the Dominican League. Yeah, it is Dominican League. I can't remember. Is it Oscar Gonzalez or somebody else? I don't remember. But anyway, there's another like outfielder who's way down there in the who's got a lot of hype slowly growing. So maybe like way down the road is the Grady Sizemore is coming up. But is it George Valera? I think, yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah, that's another one who's, who's pretty hype. But there's it's just a lot of absence at the top. Mm-hmm. Have you given up on Bradley Zimmer altogether? That, that no, not big, at all. long no, face I'd, boy? I, 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 no, I, I mean, just by virtue of his defensive capabilities, I, you can't give up. And I think there's – he's still so young. I mean, I know he's not like, you know – a rookie yet anymore but it's not like it's time i don't know it seems ridiculous to give up on the guy when he hasn't really had a a good consistent chance to play you know like he kept on getting hurt and stuff like that and you know health health is it's not a skill but it is important to develop a player but no i mean he he has so many of the tools and like there, there was a lot of talk about him changing his swing so much so he could become a more effective hitter in the majors and then he got hurt so no, I, I don't think it's it'd be right to give up on him. Like, that's the thing with prospects and how we look at them and stuff. I mean, I know he's twenty six now, so the, you know the, some of the shine is off. But I don't know. Uh, he's just got so many skills while still being flawed, which is an interesting way to describe almost every single prospect in the Indian system at this point. But I, I you, still, you, you got you got to see what. And I guess twenty nineteen won't be a good year for it either, right? Yeah, he's going to miss some time at the beginning, so. Yeah, he's going to miss a lot of time, and, and, he, and he's going to be getting over an injury. And then, so, like, it, 
some point we're going to have to be waiting till 2020 and then that'll be a I, I, you still can't call it a make or break here because he's still going to be a, a very inexpensive guy and who worst case scenario is a defensive replacement or you know a base runner kind of guy he still has value to the team just not not in the batter's box which again i still think he can turn that into something eventually it's just his swing and miss was so or his, his bat to ball ability was so garbage in 2018 but again that was ex- that was expected a little bit, right? So yeah, all the way through the minors, has been like that. But even when he wasn't injured, it was it didn't seem like he ever got a consistent chance to right because Tito we played his his veteran guys that he liked. So whatever. I mean, and they also had Michael Brantley at that point, so there was one fewer response mm-hmm. to playing. But yeah, another interesting thing I think with the outfield is that Leonis Martin is like the only real veteran player that's there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to see like. Is this what they're going to do? They're just not going to give Tito any older guys to use. They're going to say, use one of these young guys and hope to God they develop, and then we'll see what happens. Because this, I didn't look it up, but this has to be like one of the youngest Indians outfields ever, right? You're pretty close to it. I mean, they're not as young as we think they are, is, is the one problem because they've just been around so long. But like you but but yeah, like. At the very I, least, I the least experienced outfield. Yeah, I, that's, that's a better way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, Zimmer might be the oldest one, the oldest non Martine, I think, right? It, yeah, unless how old is Daniel Johnson, maybe, but Yeah, but if Daniel Johnson's getting legitimate playing time, what the hell are we doing? Like, you know, so. <laughs> Mercado's younger. He's the one I'm still excited about is Mercado, the one they got from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Still, I mean, any, though, maybe like all those trades. Not even projected too, I, I, steamer, I am, so. I've kind of half forgotten about all those trades because they came in such a flurry, like so quickly, you know. But they were all just like guys like Jordan Luplo and stuff. Like and I think that it's like when they 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 did that like a year or two ago also a year or two ago also to try and find some bats. They got a bunch of just like also ran like second tier uh, outfield prospects. None of them turned into anything, but eventually one of these has to hit, you know. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's an ugly outfield that you don't really want to think about, and that's one of the. I mean, I think Bowers will play outfield. Uh, probably. I mean, I, th- I think he'll probably play left field just because they need a left fielder, and he has some experience, and he's got some athleticism too. So, wait. So at that point, who DHs then? Because I mean, Carlos, I guess, gets first base maybe. But then, who's your the first base DH? Yandy Diaz. Oh no! <laughs> Too, soon. Oh, no, no. Uh... <laughs> Too soon. No, no. Too soon, man. He could have been a third um, baseman. I don't know. Why don't you DH? Uh... Yeah, Merritt. Find somebody. Who's even on this? <laughs> the weird thing is, the third base only Jose Ramirez is um, projected, and he's really probably not going to be a third baseman. He wants to be a second baseman, but he's the only one that Steamer counts as a third baseman on the roster right now. Do you DH with Corey Kluber? Um, Jason Kipnis? <laughs> if you want a real treat, go to um, MLB.com. This depth chart is depressing. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Third base is Jose Ramirez, Max Moroff, and Yu Chang. Um, good lord, DH Yu is just Ch- Santana and what? Bowers. That's the that's the uh, third baseman on the official depth chart. Uh, <laughs> All right, here are the things that make me the saddest about looking at this. The first being, um, I guess, seeing Jason Kidman's penciled as the third string center fielder, <laughs> followed by John Jonathan Edwards. Is that what his name is? The pitcher. Yeah, John Edwards is slated as the as the, the third reliever in the bullpen, and usually <laughs> they, they lift these things. Usually, it's um. It seems like I can't decide if they just did this. No, this is alphabetical or, besides hand. Yeah. Okay, thank God. Because sometimes <laughs> it seems like they do it as though like, like this guy, then this yeah, guy, you know, yeah. like, you know. 
Uh, and again, then Max Moroff. Is it Max Moroff? Is it? It is. Yeah. 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 And then him being slated as a whole bunch of different things all over the place. Look at that rotation, too. That is wild. <laughs> that is an eight-man rotation from the official depth chart. Oh, look who's, there. Look who's down there at the bottom of the rotation. Sneaking his way back on the team. The big sweaty eight-man. <laughs> Cody Anderson. Big tractor or whatever they called him. <laughs> big tractor. <laughs> oh, man. Big wheat silo. Also, I think the Jordan Luplo presence is a little bit depressing. What a terrible depth chart. This team stinks. <laughs> this is, wow. That catcher is pretty good there. Brito Perez. Eric Haas third, really. They have Perez. Ploet. I don't know how this thing comes together. I don't know what it is. I, th- I mean, th- this time of year, it's just thrown at the wall to see what stick. <laughs> These are some names we found. I mean, the, you would think that's what they got, Mary. <laughs> I know. This is, this is the cream of the crop in the team. Good Lord. I mean, how did they pick Yu Chang? Is he even on the 25-man roster? I mean, he'd have I to be. I think so. No, he's on the 40-man. <laughs> he's never played in the majors. No, he hasn't. I mean... I mean, he's a decent prospect. I don't think he's a third baseman. Yeah. He's like a shortstop. Yeah, he's listed a shortstop. But, you know, I mean, the rule in baseball is if you can play shortstop, you can play third base. <laughs> it's the same position, basically. The rule in the Indians is if you can play anywhere, please, for the love of God, play there. Please we need just you go there. there. Stay in there. I don't care what happens. Oh, look at that left field, man. That that was Michael Brantley for how many years? And now it's Jordan Luplo. The, the three J's. <laughs> the Jordan, first baseman Jake is the second Jason. one. <laughs> And Jason Kipnis is the third one. Yeah, yeah. Your second baseman is your third string left fielder, center fielder, and why not right field too? Screw it. No, no, that's reserved for Tyler Naquin, also Luplo, and Greg Allen. Why is Tyler Naquin listed as a starting right fielder on any baseball team? Along with he's going to platoon with the starting left fielder, but in right field apparently. Remember when this team wanted to contend for championships? I don't. They're going to contend for the division this year, at least, right? That's got to happen. Is, is this going to be the tone of every single podcast? Is this going, fudge, this team is trash. <laughs> I'm too fascinated by this depth chart right now, though. <laughs> oh, it's truly baffling. It's, it's a collection of names. That like, no, what? <laughs> Eric Gonzalez used to be here? here. Now it's Eric's the Mets. Are we rebuilding? What's going on here? <laughs> this is really weird. I'm sure they're going to be good. They're going to be okay, right? I can't believe Tell me they're going to be okay, I'm surprised Mary. they didn't trade any of their, any of their rotation. I'm I mean, they have eight rotation players, so they got plenty of pitchers. I just I, I trade one of like I love all of them in different ways, but trade one of them for a bet. Any I mean, this is the year it makes sense, who. right? I feel like two years ago we yeah. were asking for it. This is the year where you really gotta. We get it now. You can do it. How many times? Have, how many times have I written the sentence something like the Indians have one strength going for them and it's their pitching staff, and you deal from a position of strength to get something back to to back up a weakness. I don't even want to describe the outfield as a weakness here. It's not I'm very excited for Elena's Martin to come back. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he'll be a good player. He showed hints of turning into something new, as I wrote about last week. Uh, in Right before, you know, his body tried to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And now, he can't be the centerpiece of an offensive output in the, out of the outfield. <sighs> Are you forgetting Jason Kittness as the outfielder? Because that's a real thing. Do you think he'll ever be good again? Jason Kipnis? Oh, yeah. I think he'll be fine. All right. I'm not giving up with Jason Kipnis here. I think he'll see Skull. Still got plenty of... I don't think so either. I mean, I don't know. I still think he's trying to do the whole launch angle thing. I'm convinced of it. (laughs) It Classic launch angle maneuver. (laughs) On the subject of the Indians training starting pitchers, I'm kind of... 
discouraged that Sonny Gray went to the Reds because that's who I really wanted them to go with. I mean, they have Nick Senzo, who's a second baseman, Taylor Trammell, who's an outfielder. There's a lot of really good Reds prospect who matched up so well in the Indians. And then now I, I don't know what's going to happen. I saw an article actually that was saying that they trade for uh, now. I can't have a guy. I can't in good conscience root for a guy named Scooter, but <laughs> that's the uh, only guy I, I want to root for. What are you talking about? I I did read read an article that was saying that they should trade for Scooter Gannett, and I thought that was because that will get Senzo up to the up to the the big club for the Reds because they're not going to trade him, obviously. And Gannett's been a very good offensive player for. What like three years now? I thought that was a two or three years now. I, I thought that was a very interesting idea. But it's not for Corey Kluber, is uh, it? You want to trade Scooter um, for Corey Kluber? Scoots for Corey? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Does that include also Taylor Trammell, who's another year away? Maybe you can't just do Scoots for Corey. I mean, it's not can, a. You can do whatever you want. I you can probably grab one of those bullpen arms too. They got a couple of good ones. Maybe Amir Garrett. I like watching him pitch. Yes, yeah, uh, bullpen. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, his numbers aren't very pretty, but he throws hard. So I guess all I'm saying is it was a, it was an interesting idea, and it would actually give the Indians a third offensive player, fourth actually now that they have Carlos Santana back. So, but that was just one idea that I saw that I thought was creative at the very least, and I don't know, it gave me a a hint of something fun. Yeah, I mean something. It's almost it's almost irresponsible to keep all the pitches at this point. It looks like that's what I'm saying. It, it honestly, <laughs> it is. I mean, if only because the, the way that the postseason chews up starting pitching as we've seen it's almost like they're a perfectly built team for 15 or 20 years ago like no team should be upset that they have this much starting pitching and yet i am somehow upset that the indians have too much starting pitching and nothing else they're like their setup man is adam simber who i like but he can't get he can't get lefties out to save his life and that's important is our is adam simber really the setup man is that where we are are we back to the depth chart again I mean, he can't be the son of man, right? <laughs> it's a bad depth chart. Is Jason Kipnis uh, the setup man? Is he also the. Uh... Yeah, get him in there. What the heck? <laughs> he can do everything else, apparently, so why not? But, like, I don't know. Who, who, who else would they trade for? I can't even think of it, anyone else. I don't know. I just know I never even consider the relief or the bullpen a, a, an issue. I just always forget about it, and then I look at it like, oh. It's trash. But there's a few oh, other blind bad. spots, so. Let's see, there's no one on the Tigers I want them to trade for. What about the Mets? <laughs> the Mets aren't giving you anybody. They're also going for it in their weird oh, that's right, own that's way. Right. It's hard to find. Because the problem is there's no more stooges. You can't just rip anybody off anymore. So Yeah, what the hell? Where are the idiots <laughs> out there They're giving away their players for free? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the problem with the way that free agency is going. There's no dumb big contracts or dumb big trades. Right. Everybody's too damn smart. <laughs> What about Will Myers? Maybe they could trade it, trade for him. I wanted that, and everybody yelled at me. <laughs> Nobody liked the idea of Will. Because there was that weird um, three-way trade where the Indians were apparently going to trade Kluber to the Padres, so the Padres could get all the Reds uh, or the Reds prospects. Like, mm-hmm. well, if that could happen, just let the Indians do it. But hey, why can't we know. just do this one for one? And then, uh, yeah. I mean, my favorite one was is still the the, the I, unabashedly and with, without irony. My my favorite idea was to trade with the. Uh, um, the Dodgers to get uh, Verdugo and whatever else. Yeah, uh, I like that one some, a lot. But some some, some other outfielder, whether it's Jock Peterson or whoever. I mean, Yasiel Puig uh, at one point, but he's gone. So yeah, but yeah, what can you do? The Dodgers really uh, worked though. I like that. I wanted Verdugo or something. It, make, it made it made a lot of sense, and it it would have at least you know 
dented the blow of uh, or dulled the blow of losing Corey Kluber. But we will absolutely never know. find out. But I'm really interested to know why none of these deals happened. You know, like I want to know how far they got before one of the two teams said, "All right, I'm done," because <laughs> there were so many that like, it sounded I, so close and then just died. And, and and we can't just be pulling them out like a, a whole cloth out of nowhere. I mean, sometimes yes, obviously, mm-hmm. but not always. So I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Dodgers realize that they don't need another starting pitcher. Actually, they just want to get more and more arms for for the bullpen or something. Now, there's also the theory, which I like. This one as a fan of nonsense conspiracy theories that the Indians were just using it as a way to leverage Carlos Carrasco to sign a long-term contract. Because did you notice um, all these rumors are kind of slowing down now that he went and signed on the dotted line? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, because all these rumors came out that the Indians were going to trade Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer, showing mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco will deal you. We don't care. And it was also like at the same time the leak that the Indians or somebody <laughs> leaked that the Indians were willing to hold on to Carlos Carrasco if he signed a long-term deal. And then he magically signs it. It seemed kind of like gangsterish. <laughs> like, we will trade your ass. We know you love it here. So look at us willing to trade these other pitchers. Why don't you sign this dotted line, Mr. Carrasco? And then he did it. So I'll let they stuff should trade Carlos Carrasco. What? They should trade Carlos Carrasco. <laughs> <laughs> Just trade him. <laughs> nice okay, deal great. you got there. Bye. <laughs> Boy, you are cheap. So long, buddy. I mean, they're they're not going to yes, they're not gonna go all in on winning. At least might as well confuse everybody. You know, fuck it. Just start trading guys willy-nilly. Trade Francisco Lindor for something. I don't know. Joey Votto. Now, I actually had something I want to talk about Lindor because it's going to be scary. Because 2021 is the year where everybody's going to be – there's probably going to be a strike or something. Everything's going to change. I mean, yeah. is there – there's like zero chance he signs a contract before that, right? Because everything's going to change oh, at that no. point. Hopefully in the better oh, for the players. Mm-hmm. But with how things are going now, like there's no way Lindor signs a contract anymore. I don't think. No, and thus he'll never, and, and thus he'll leave the Indians. So there you go. Yeah, because he's also going to be like they're not going to sign one that off season. So no. Oh, it's so weird. There's like there's no he's way. Signed in 2020. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless he signs one this off season. But why would he? I don't he's think... gonna. I mean, well, exactly. And like, why would like to, to do what? Like to, to lose a couple years of, of free agency at this point? Like. Right, free agency that's he's probably already, going to be more beneficial for him after the new CBA. Right. Like, he's already making... What, what does his contract look, look like now? Like, 10 I million. I know he's... Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, he's going to make 10 this year. He's probably going to make um, 15 or whatever next year. Yeah, well, he's going to make decent money in the in arbitration, yeah, exactly. but then he's going to be a, have yeah. a huge payday after whatever the players negotiate. Unless I mean, they unless blow the Indians it. offer him hundred million dollars for four years after this year, like this winter, you know, and then you get him for twenty five million dollars, which is you know you're getting him at a reduced rate, and you get two more years of him. But I don't know. That's the only thing I could think think they have, like a or, you know, like a five year, hundred and twenty five million dollar deal. That's still like you said. Low. Like, like why would know, he do it? it? Yeah. I don't know. There, there, oh, there's no reason for him to. He's going to be. 27 or whatever go i mean but at the same time he sees what's happening with even now with uh guys well i mean i don't know if, if the free agency market is, t- is tied up because these two guys haven't signed or no one wants to pay them the money that they want and so like even M- manny machado is you know he wanted 300 million dollars this year he's only gonna, probably only only, only going to get like 200 million which yeah. you know poor guy <laughs> but well, like last know, maybe, year, it made sense that everybody was waiting for um, everybody to sign because they were like J.D. Martinez is an outfielder. There's a lot of other outfielders behind him, but 
I don't yes. feel like there's a lot of other outfielders waiting for Bryce Harper to sign or a lot of third basemen waiting for Manny Machado to sign. It's, I don't know. It seems independent this year that nobody's just signing anybody. Well, that's true too. I mean, one of these, I, I don't know whether it's, it's, it's the players not, not taking the contract or the, or the offers not being legitimate from the teams too. You know, like that, that's the thing we don't know about in any of these discussions. Like, yeah, you hear that the Phillies have offered a deal to both of them or have offered a deal to, to, uh, uh, Harper or what have you, but like, we don't know how much they're for or, or what have you. So I mean, it's lack of stooges, man. They the CBA was negotiated with the, the idea that teams would be stupid and give out this huge contracts to 30 year old players or players mm-hmm. into their thirties and they're not doing it. So everything's sort of dried up. Fucking, just a bunch of jerks. <laughs> how dare they? We need more stooges. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, He's probably going to leave, and it's probably going to be sad. And I don't know. I, I, there will probably be a yeah. I, I guess we're all kind of in agreement though that, that there will be a strike in two thousand what twenty one. Yep, that's when it expires. Is, is that what we expect? Okay, is it after the twenty one season. I think it would go through the twenty twenty one season. Okay, so even so like Lindor's last year. Well, maybe so. Maybe like I don't know, man. After the new CBA. That off season, they can maybe get him before he goes, but I really doubt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there a history of like the first year of a new CBA being really lucrative, or is that like when shit gets wild? I don't know, but I guess everything's I so different now. You can't really use decades old data for new contracts. I mean, there was a, there was the time with the when the um, after the work stoppage in the NBA back in what was that two thousand thirteen or something like that. Um, 2012, I think, something like that. But that got crazy because they had the amnesty thing, so that they like were able to basically waive any one player or whatever. So that that freed up a lot of cap space immediately for very terrible contracts we handed out, ridiculous. And of course, there was this, there was the the bump in uh, TV money too. That that got kind of weird and crazy, but. I mean, that's the thing. If the if the money split changes, then obviously things will get different. I suppose. Although again, it's a it's a there's no salary cap, so it will obviously be not quite as shocking as in the NBA or NFL. Remember when the NBA just changed their ball for a little bit, and then they just changed it back? <laughs> that is just the most buck wild thing to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're changing the ball. Wait, what? Everybody's hands are bleeding. Never mind. Why did we get the spike ball? No, we made it out of shark skin. What have we done? Sometimes I think that's a dream, and then I remember it actually happened. Yeah, that's and it was so like for weird. Three weeks, and everyone just complained about it vociferously, and they're like, "Okay, fine, we won't do this." Because <laughs> wasn't it like literally idiots? people's hands were hurting because of dribbling it? And it was so hard. It was hard. And it was slippery. It was like a, it, it, guys were describing it as like a bowling ball. So yeah, yeah, I don't get why we need to talk about that more. Let's just. just whole episode bring it up once every episode yeah, <laughs> yeah what about that ball <laughs> anyway we lost in the playoffs again what about that nba ball <laughs> oh, God. jason kipnis our left fielder and also center fielder for the game what does he think of the ball <laughs> i'm gonna get a press pass Crazy. hey what jason kipnis what did you think of the time the nba changed the ball wasn't that weird remember those bleeding hands and stuff that was a weird ball tito tito question <laughs> Do you remember when the NBA changed their ball for a few weeks? <laughs> what was the deal, huh? <laughs> sir, please leave. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. have a press pass, sir. Why are you here? This is a Wendy's drive, you, sir. You, you just wrote the word press on a piece of paper and stuck in your hat. Yeah, you know, let's get all tiny, guys. 
How did you get Press, in here? It's okay. <laughs> the front door, baby. So, Mary, let's answer some think, questions from. Uh, do you think Francisco Lindor hates Jose Ramirez because he dropped from fifth in MVP voting to, to sixth because uh, Jose Ramirez was better? I think he probably hates him. Probably. Anyway, go ahead. Very much. So much hate. No, so much animosity in that clubhouse. <laughs> it's pure animosity. They, we don't seem to like. I don't know. They don't seem as fun anymore. Maybe I'm just not as fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just old men and we're bitter, and also they're tired. But that's we're the difference between like 2016 and like three years later. I'm old and bitter already. I know, right? I don't know. That's, that's the arc. You you have all you have the whole world ahead of you, and then all of a sudden it comes crashing down, and then the the, the next and then 2018 was the rest of our life, a dull slog. <laughs> you know, it's like that Tom Petty song about life keeping on going after the living something or other. What? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. Was that a song about the basketball? Not not the waiting. No, boy, that was a different <laughs> song. That was remember when they changed the ball and then parentheses, that was fucking strange. <laughs> How about Tom that shit in like another parenthesis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those long uh what do you call it? Call that boy uh track track names. Yeah. Why did they change that ball? It was crazy as hell. <laughs> Exclamation point. Mary, let's answer some questions from people on Twitter All and right. Facebook, which probably aren't going to be about a ball. I'm very unfortunate. I really want to answer questions about that weird NBA ball. What about ball. the ball? <laughs> the what? first one comes from at ACTJ Dad. He wants us to make sure that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are still alive. Um, I'm pretty sure they are. We could check Chris Antonetti's Twitter account, which, by the way, Merritt, have you ever done that before? I didn't know he had one. It is a gem because uh, he must have oh, got yeah? hacked at one point. Because it's closed now. He has two likes um, from February 2017. It's one from somebody called Marina Rose Joyce tweeting, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody with a heart. And then another one is some some girl named Alexandra tweeting at Chris that says, Hey, with a bunch of hearts. And he also liked that one. This dude um, has 26,000 followers. <laughs> and then if look at his following. It's just all clearly spam bot accounts. It's really great. What the hell? <laughs> I have 200 followers. I tweet things sometimes. <laughs> hey, people who follow Chris Antonetti, follow me. <laughs> Let's get my clout score up. Damn. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's clearly hacked at one point. It just is the now dormant account of Indians President of Baseball Operations. Something got his account. He gave up, said, screw it. How about that ball? And then he just locked his account and left. So maybe he's not alive. I don't know. I don't think Mike Chernoff has a Twitter account, so who knows? Um the only way to check to see if anyone is alive, as we all know, is to check their Twitter activity. <laughs> That's the only metric that I use. Once somebody doesn't tweet for 12 hours, I immediately ask them if they're still alive. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they're alive. They're just not doing anything like everybody else in baseball. Why did they change this ball? <laughs> Can you tweet them at that? Hold on. I'm quick. reading an article now about the ball, <laughs> the ball change. <laughs> Can you tweet it at Chris Antonetti and see if he likes it? Just ask him hey, what Chris, about this ball. what's up with this ball? <laughs> Um, so at NLP48DH, he asked, are you on board with just letting the young players play or should we keep trying to add veteran players? Very much so, letting the young players play. I feel like I've always been on that train from the beginning. Um, I I feel like this is the year that the front office is also on that page. Like I said before, they're just not giving Tito's a veteran to play with, so. I mean, they also just don't kind of have a choice. Yeah, like, like they, they all their veteran players are gone now because they couldn't afford them anymore, and all the veteran players they do have are bad. So yeah, and that's that's also well, just the way baseball is going is let the kids play because they're cheaper. So so yeah, yeah I guess I'll, so. Also that um, at James E Powell twenty seven, he wants to know of all the guys leaving this winter, who do you think we will miss the most? 
other than that ball, Maris. The ball left in 2006, Matt. Get over it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, God. You know, you and this ball. I'm tired of this. <laughs> this is the only time I vocalize it, but just know that every moment of my life is like this internally. Um, I mean, the answer's got to be Brantley. Uh, Miller was... Um, yeah, I was, I was hoping you'd say somebody and different you know Brantley. I think he'll be. I think Miller will be good again. I I fully expect him to bounce back. I mean, it was a knee injury. It's a, a, a nagging thing that just sucks to have. Uh, Allen was bad, and I don't expect him to be much better this year. Uh, who else is gone? I'm going to miss Chisenhall the most for whatever reason. The same reason that he captured so many hearts, he captured mine the same. <laughs> He's just such a weird big goofball. That's all. Yeah, you know, just, just, and just I love like it. A, a big sweet good boy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. Huge fan. Oh, you had that one picture where his shirt came unbuttoned for no reason? That one where he fell on his Mm -hmm. back and his legs were straight up in the air that I used a lot? I used it on a flag once. That was Mm -hmm. fun. That's a good one. (laughs) And you know what? He could hit. When he was healthy Uh, Yeah, I guess for for on the field, it's Brantley. What? I just, I just, I wish, I wish you, Chisnall had had a chance to play a whole season, you know, without injury. Because I think he would have put up like a solid, like, 270, 350, like, 490 slash line with like 25 home runs and it would have been awesome yeah maybe, maybe do the pirates maybe do that in pittsburgh which yeah. is so weird it just feels weird in the mouth Let's go pirates chisholm hall's a pirate Ugh. yeah it is strange <laughs> it happened in um in the mlb the show season i was doing oh god but then both he and kipnis ended up in <laughs> nope. the dodgers too, next question weird j pen 78 he says it's rumored that the chicago may trade ben zobrist would he be a good fit in cleveland I didn't know that was actually yeah. uh, a rumor. I don't either. Yeah. But if it is, did you know Ben Zobris is still a thing, Merritt? He's actually good. I thought by now he's he declined way well. off the face of the earth. He had a 123 WRC plus last year. Holy shit. That's a real thing. If they are going to trade him, sure. Send him on over. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'd rather they trade for Chris Bryant, but I'll take That's Shoot, a... I'll take this guy too. I mean, he's, he's 37. That's not quite fitting into the young cheap player thing, but. No, no, it's the opposite. He's projected you know. to be pretty good, too. I mean, he's an above-average player. If he's going to play the outfield for the Indians, yeah. Now, Matt, Matt, I have heard this one rumor that the Indians might trade for Chris Bryant. What do you think of this idea? <laughs> it's confirmed. It's already done. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of chatter about this. The deal actually, is done. Quite a bit. <laughs> they're, the, they're deal is just about, the, the, the deal is done. It's over with. I mean, he was only worth 2.3 war last year, so he's on the decline. Uh, I'm seeing I mean, If you look at his side, stats so, yeah, clearly. exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at that long trend line from 2017 to 2018 basically straight it's down down it's it's, it's almost straight down his stolen base numbers are way down known for his speed it's on the base, base pads. he's stolen <laughs> what is that seven, seven to two like 600 percent fewer bases over down. the last one year you only had 52 rbis and we're all about the ribbies here um he's basically garbage. he did hit a lot of triples his eyes have lost some of the shimmer, so I mean, it's, there's nothing. Yeah, less of a gleam. You know, the the the, the hard, cold realities of, of the world are are wearing wearing. You know, you know what it is. He misses Vegas. The shining <laughs> lights of Vegas. They reflect up back on his eyes. But you know, seeing the year 2016 the and the world. Cubs right next to it, that still gives me the ickies. I don't like it. <laughs> Just seeing those two things together, and seeing Chris Bryant with his 39 home runs and eight WAR almost. Screw Chris Bryant. And now I see him in his stupid grin when he gets that ball from Michael Martinez to throw it to Anthony Rizzo. God, I hate that smile. 
That was the last thing I saw before I turned off the TV. So that's always haunting my dreams. The slow motion replay of Chris yeah. Bryant throwing it. That was when yeah. the TV went off. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's all the questions I got. Maybe that's it for the show, man. How about that ball? <laughs> I think I found the same article you So, did. yeah. Made a micro... The, the Vice Sports one? Oh, no. I'm on Complex. Changed the ball. The sweet picture of Jordan Farmar. Oh, there. I found the ball everyone hated. Yeah. Was it only really like three months? The ball In my mind, it was like a year-long thing. Steve Nash is complaining about it. Well, I guess... <laughs> I have to constantly put lotion all over my hands because my fingers are cracking and causing splits on my fingertips. Gross. Here's a picture of Dirk Nowitzki being upset. <laughs> oh my god, there's a bald... Uh... <laughs> Look at his coach in the back. Like, uh. <laughs> 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 what is he doing with his fingers? Carlisle huh? looks like a, a bald Jim Carrey. <laughs> anyway, Mary, that's our show. Talked about balls. and That's the ball. This outfield, that depth chart, man, that's a that is a that's something to look at. But you look more into that. <laughs> See you next week, Mary.